Such an awesome joy and privilege to be able to witness our brothers and sisters entering into the kingdom of God this weekend. Now, this act of entering into a covenant with the Lord, it's like getting married, you know, becoming a child of God and a member of the kingdom of God. Paul, in writing to the Roman church, explained baptism in this way. He said, Romans chapter 6, verse 4, Therefore, they, we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, so we also should walk in a newness of life. So as they went in the water, that was a symbolize, symbolizing they are dying with Christ, but they didn't stay in the water, right? Thank God. They came out from the water, and that symbolized the God of the universe raising them from the dead with Jesus Christ. So every one of these men and women, as they emerge from the water of baptism, the Bible says that they are a new creation in Christ. The old has passed, all things are made new. So this is why it's such a big deal for us. Sometimes during baptism, uh, they would sometimes give new names to Christians, all right? Sometimes they don't, but there are people who do, and that's to signify their new, them being a new creation in Christ. How do we come to the waters of baptism, right? I want to talk about this today, because not all of us are baptized. Maybe not all of us are yet at that point of faith. I want to explain to you a little bit of how we get there. Now, in a few days, on Tuesday, actually, we will be flying out to Israel, and Israel will see many places, but one of the places we always go uh, with a group is to the Sea of Galilee. We have a video that you can see what it looks like. It's actually a lake. It's a very big lake. They call it the Sea of Galilee, but they sometimes call it the Lake of Gennesaret. They call it the Sea of Tiberias. It goes by many names in the Bible. It is the second lowest body of water in the world after the Dead Sea. And this is where much of the ministry of Jesus took place some 2,000 years ago. It was where Jesus called his very first disciples. It is where he preached the famed Sermon on the Mount. It is where he healed the sick and performed many amazing miracles. It was at Galilee that we find some of the most remarkable and profound records of Jesus' teaching about what it means to be in a relationship in a covenant with him. So in Matthew chapter 14, we find this very interesting passage right after Jesus fed 5,000 people along the shores of Galilee. They were there and they were eating and I mean, obviously, it was just an amazing thing. And then, after all was done, in the evening, when the people had gone back, we read in Matthew chapter 14, verse 22 to 24. Immediately, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat and go before him to the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up on the mountain by himself to pray. Now when evening came, he was alone there, but the boat was now in the middle of the sea, tossed about by waves, for the wind was contrary. Now you read this carefully, you find that it's a very interesting situation, right? So after that, you know, after all the events of the day were over, the disciples got in the boat, they went out of the sea, and lo and behold, that very calm-looking lake Right? I remember the first time I was on the Lake of Galilee and we, we, we would take a boat and we were sailing on the boat and my wife remarked to me, it's very calm, oh. I said, don't say anything. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> say after you get on the shore. Right? But sometimes the winds get really 
uh, really very boisterous, it it's actually can be quite dangerous, right? Sometimes uh, you might look at it as being very calm, but it can be very dangerous. And right there, these disciples, they were out there in this middle of this lake, and you no, know, it was a big storm kicking up the wind and the waves were all over the place. If you read this passage really carefully, you will find that Jesus apparently intentionally sent them to this. Because the Bible says, Jesus made His disciples get in the boat. The word made in the Greek is actually a word that means force, compel. So you can imagine, after the thing was over, right? They were cleaning up. I guess many people wanted to ask Jesus questions, including His disciples. Lord, if you want to know, can you do pizza instead of pita or not? Maybe there are all kinds of questions. Oh Lord, can... How, what's the limit, right? 10,000 cannot. Maybe they had all these questions, but apparently Jesus said, no, 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 no. All of you get into this boat, and I want you to go to the other side. You could see the other side. It's not very far, right? I want you to go to the other side. And then Jesus himself went away. Jesus compelled them into this predicament. And that's really interesting. It's a lesson all by itself. You know, sometimes in our lives, we find ourselves in situations, in circumstances, in predicaments that we may not naturally welcome. Difficult situations, right? But sometimes these situations can hide God's purpose because God always has a purpose for us. Amen? Always. Even when it doesn't look like it, God always has a purpose for us. So I want you to turn to your neighbor and say, God has a purpose for you. So, in this situation, right? God, uh, Jesus made them get into the boat and lo and behold, they were out there. And now the Bible says in Matthew chapter 14, verse 25, now in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went to them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Now the fourth watch of the night is around 3 a.m. This is the darkest time of the night, right? It's uh, usually the darkest time of the night. And in those days, there, were no, there was no electricity. It was very windy. So I guess there wasn't much light. It's probably pitch black out there. I've personally been in a boat in very rough waters in the pitch black of the night. It's very scary, all right? So it was in very dark. So I want to help us to visualize this a bit, all right? So I thought maybe today I'll do a bit something different because we have 12 disciples here. Right? So, I'm going to spare some of them, okay? Because our boat is not very big. I'm going to ask all the guys to help me, all right? Can you, all the guys uh, who got baptized, can you come and stand here for me? Yeah, just come up. They didn't know this, all right? Yeah, all the baptized ones, including Sean, all right? So, all come here. Okay, I'll get Sean to be Peter, so you stand in front. <laughs> okay, so let's pretend this is the boat, all right? In fact, the boat is not all that big, but there were a lot of disciples. Okay, so you just stand here for a while, okay? The, the wind and waves. I need a Jesus. So I think today we'll ask Pastor Kim Yong to help us. You look kind of Jesus-like. So Jesus will stand over here in the dark because it's very dark. They can't see, right? Now Jesus had come all the way on the shore. The Bible tells us that Jesus had walked all the way from the shore to find them. But He didn't go all the way to the boat. He stopped a distance off. Now over here on this side, it was dark, 
Maybe in the dark, they saw a shimmer, right? Okay, I, I need Jesus to look a bit more like a ghost, okay? So, yeah, yeah, okay, yeah, just keep that. Yeah, very good, okay, like Chinese ghost, okay. <laughs> okay so, so, over here, the disciples were, you know, battling the wind and the waves, and it was going up and down, uh, up and down, yeah, it was going up and down. And they look across, and they see, hey, okay, so they see this thing. What did they say? The Bible says, it is a ghost. And in the middle of this, it is a ghost, Peter was probably the leader. He's probably standing right on the verge of the boat, right on the verge of water. Peter here, right? He looks across. He sees the ghost. Actually, now it looks quite like a ghost. <laughs> so, <laughs> and of all things Peter say, Lord Jesus, if that is you, ask me to come. You know, when I get to heaven, I want to ask Peter, what was in your mind? <laughs> why, if you think it's a ghost, why you ask the ghost to call you to come, right? Okay, thank you very much. You can go back, right? <clears throat> so, they were freaking out. They were panicking. Actually, I should make them panic, right? They were afraid. And the Bible says in Matthew chapter 14, verse 27, but immediately... Jesus spoke to them saying, be of good cheer. In other words, relax, lah, huh? chill, right? It is I, do not be afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it is you, you command me to come to you on the water. I, I have to ask him, lah, right? So Jesus is saying, don't be afraid, right? Don't be afraid. And Jesus said, okay, you know, why don't you come over? At this point, Peter probably started regretting, right? Because there is a distance, right? There is a distance. The water was still going up and down. The winds were still blowing. It was a terrifying situation without the ghost. And Peter is thinking, oops, you know, as usual, safest thing later, right? And you know, this picture is pregnant with, me, uh, with meaning. Jesus, like I said, could have gone all the way up to the boat, but he didn't. And I think this was intentional because there is a lesson to be taught here. This was no accident. There was an intended message that they were supposed to get. And we thank God that Peter said what he did because it was because of what he said that today we have this amazing and very interesting story. And it was a choice of whether to let go of the security of the boat and step in the water. And today, we have seen how the baptism candidates symbolically step into the water upon the invitation of Jesus. Jesus, today as He did 2,000 years ago in the Lake of Galilee, is inviting people to come. Jesus is saying to you and to me, come. Whether you are a Christian or you're not Christian, this is Jesus coming all the way, but leaving a little bit of distance. And that distance is for the sake of the exercising of our faith. Right? Someone said that faith is the currency of heaven. When we go to Israel next week, we can't spend sing dollar, right? We can't spend uh, Malaysian ringgit. You have, to, uh, you have to change your money into what is called the new Israeli shekel, right? The NIS. Because that is the currency of Israel. You want to buy anything in Israel, you will have to have the currency. But with the kingdom of God, faith is the currency of the kingdom. If you want something from God, you will need faith. So I think Jesus, who could have walked right up to the boat and solved the whole problem, purposely stopped short to give room for faith. 
So the exercise of answering God's call is an exercise of faith. It involved Peter making a choice of letting go of the apparent security and the dryness of the boat. Right? I mean, the boat is there. A step away from the boat is one step closer to Jesus. But you're going to have to choose. The verge of the boat was at the same time a verge of breakthrough and of change in our lives. So this is a choice that we all have to make in our own journey of faith. Every single one of us. Some of us in a boat. Some of us still on the land. Haven't got into the boat yet. But eventually, we'll all come to that point on the verge of the water when Jesus is inviting us. So, if you want to experience breakthrough in your life, spiritual walk, a change in our lives, and perhaps even a change in our destiny, we're going to have to make that choice. But sometimes we are reluctant to move because we don't want to let go of certain things in our lives. You know, sometimes I, uh, on this YouTube, I get all these TikTok videos that they like to post again on YouTube because I don't really have TikTok, right? And then I remember recently I saw this video in China about bungee jumping. Not sure how many of you have tried bungee jumping in your life, right? Uh, but this was on a very high mountain cliff in China where they were bungee jumping. And you know, these are people who have traveled all the way to the mountain, right? And they had paid the money to buy the ticket and then they climbed the steps all the way up to the top. When they get to the top, they are so excited. They're all taking pictures and all that. And then they get strapped up, right? They get strapped up. And there was this guy who already, at the last moment, he don't want to jump. Second thoughts, ah, because you look down. Before, you didn't know. When bottom look up, it looks okay. Ah. But when from top look down, it looks a bit different, right? And he didn't want to jump, you know? So, for a very long time, some of them, they will jump and sit down and then they grab the floor, you know? Don't let go. One of them, because they, it took so long, the guy behind him uh, pushed him. Uh. So he fell forward and then he grabbed the person's hair. So I said, wow, one person, two, two person go down together. So sometimes it's like this. We all want it. It is exciting because Jesus is inviting you and me to an exciting adventure of faith, to something different. Because all our human beings, souls, we all want something more. We know that life is more than just what you're doing now. You know, eternity is in our soul. So we are reaching for something higher. And Jesus is inviting us. And we want this. We are willing to come all the way to the edge of the boat. But thinking about it is not enough. So I want you to imagine, if you were there, about to step into the murky waters, that's a choice we all have to make. Humanly, we are conditioned to find security in the familiar. Actually, the boat is not very secure because the whole boat is being tossed up and down, right? But it is still somewhat familiar. We have been trained to find security in numbers. But in reality, real security is found in the will of God. This is exactly the point that Jesus was challenging the disciples to go against the grain of their human experience and to take a step of faith. You see, God knows that change and growth is not possible unless you are willing to let go of the familiar. You know, one of the bungee jumping videos is so funny. Okay, so after this kind of, there are many people who will at the last moment change their mind because they all want to TikTok video, but the last moment cannot make it. So the new style of bungee jumping is actually in the chair, right? They sit you down in a chair, they strap you down in a chair so you cannot pull people's hair, all right? So after a while, they will basically push the chair over. There was this, this 
lady who was at the chair, and the chair was already tilting back. And she was, no, 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 I want to say something. I got something to say. And she was trying to come up with all kinds of methods to delay. And the moment they let her go, she was screaming her hair out. And later on, because there's a camera on it, but as it went down, she started laughing. And she started enjoying her. Right? Of course, the hard part is only this letting go, right? But once you let go, you begin to enjoy the ride. You begin to enjoy the experience. And that is something that I think a lot of people don't realize. It might look very difficult. The step of getting into baptism waters is very difficult. The step of faith, trusting God, might seem very difficult, but it's all in your mind. It is all psychological. Peter, in this amazing moment of faith, he climbs out of the boat, crosses the bridge, steps in the water, and begins the most amazing experience in his life. Matthew chapter 14, verse 29 says, So he said, Come, and Peter had come out of the boat. He walked on water to go to Jesus. This is the only person other than Jesus that has ever done this, okay? Not counting all those magicians. Huh? Peter walked on water. What a miracle, right? But I want to say this, that the miracle doesn't end when you step out of the boat into the water. So today, you've gone into the water. This is not the end of the miracle. It is the beginning of the miracle. You see, the story doesn't end here. There was still a distance yet to be covered, albeit a relatively short distance compared to the distance that Jesus had made, right? I think sometimes, you know, there, there are some places where Christians have this idea that baptism is simply a public profession of faith, right? So, baptism in the Anglican church is not simply a public profession. You think about the distance. This is the lake and this is the boat, right? Jesus came all this way right up to here and you make a small step. Baptism is about this more than it's about this, right? And this is the grace of God. This is the amazing grace of God who did for us what we cannot do. Because there was no way Peter, even if he took a couple of steps, could make this distance. God has done that work. God has raised us from the dead. So, Peter steps out, but nevertheless, there was still a distance to cover, albeit a much shorter distance. And as he steps out in the water, he finds that the wind is still blowing, and the water is still splashing around. Lo and behold, his feet was getting wet. Maybe his, even his garments are getting wet. He feels the cold water, you know, seeping up, and... The noise, the Bible says it was boisterous, right? The wind and the waves, it was boisterous. It got his attention. You see, once you begin to start walking on water, defying the laws of physics, you find that the world will conspire to remind you that you cannot defy the laws of physics. The world will conspire to remind you that you're not supposed to walk on water. You're supposed to be afraid. You start to feel like the distance is more than you can manage. No matter how much I walk, why does it seem like it's Jesus walking further and further away? You know, sometimes his life is like this, right? It just doesn't seem like you're getting any closer or making any progress. When I first climbed Mount Kinabalu, it was a bit like this, right? I was so excited. The first part of climbing, I was so excited that I even volunteered to carry other people's bag. That only lasted a short while. Okay, after about one or two kilometers, I told the ladies, you take your own bag. <laughs> In fact, about halfway up, I don't mind if they take my bag also, right? <laughs> and then towards the last part, there's a one part where you no longer walk, you actually climb, there's some ropes and all that. 
And I remember climbing and climbing and climbing and I was just like almost on my knees at certain points. I was so tired. I was asking myself, why am I doing this, right? And then some people would encourage me. Very helpful. Almost there, they'll say. Almost there. Just around this rock and I will get some strength. Yes, just around. I have climbed around that rock. More rocks, ah. <laughs> it seems like no matter how much you climb, the mountain is growing faster than I'm climbing. Sometimes Christian life can be like that. It seems like you are not making any progress. It seems like it's just too overwhelming and too difficult. That is why the choice of trusting in Jesus is not one that's made only when you get baptized. It's one that you always have to make. You always have to choose to trust. When Jesus said, come, you have to trust that God knows what He's doing. After the initial bit of adrenaline wears of fears and doubts, will begin to eat away at your trust. And the world will offer you 1,000 U-turns. You want to go back, many ways to go back. There's only one way to go to the cross. Friends, I want you to know that when you step into the water, you are not automatically perfect. In fact, Christians are very flawed people. Right? Some people say that, I can't become a Christian because I'm not good enough. I want you to know, nobody is good enough to become a Christian. Most of the work is done by Jesus. Just a little bit of work for us, for very imperfect, very flawed people. Right? But it's not about how good we are, it's about how good God is who accepts us the way we are. So in Matthew chapter 14, verse 30, when he saw that the wind was boisterous, Peter, he began to become afraid, he began to sink, and he cried out, Lord, save me. All Peter had to go on at this point in time was his wavering faith. He didn't have strong faith. He wasn't an expert in walking on water. He didn't know what he was doing. The wind and the waves, they kick up a notch, and it's so tempting to jump right back into the boat. Maybe in his own mind. His own mind was telling him, Peter, you're crazy. You're going to die, right? Maybe he's afraid of that. And the power of the world is found in our fear of death. We live in fear, so we become slaves at the threat of loss. We are held hostage. The perturbations of life, the crises that come along, the obstacles that you face from day to day, problems and troubles that we face, these are the wind and the waves they are scaring you and asking you to jump back into the boat. But Peter, he looked forward. He didn't look back. He looked to Jesus and he says, Lord, save me. So we find ourselves in this situation as we journey towards the Lord. Thank God, when Peter called out, God answered. The Bible says in verse 31 and 32, And immediately, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him immediately and said to him oh you of little faith why did you doubt and when they got into the boat the wind ceased it's almost like a lesson over like that right all of that was a setup to teach them this lesson of faith but immediately jesus was there and god always shows up right on time never a moment too early never a moment too late and it is interesting that jesus said that peter had little bit of faith today you feel that your faith is very small it's okay Peter also had a little bit of faith only. His faith was wavering. In fact, halfway, his faith started to give way, but Jesus was there. So your faith doesn't have to be perfect. You don't have to be moving mountains in order to trust in Jesus. 
our hearts are longing and yearning for something more. And today, I believe Jesus has come all the way from heaven. Today, we sung about the advent, right? About the coming of Jesus. He has come the whole distance, but He has left a very small distance for you and for me. That is the distance that we need to cover in faith. So today, I want to encourage you. Perhaps Jesus is inviting some of you today. If you are not yet baptized, right? You're not, you're a Christian, but you know, you thought about it. Listen, thinking about walking on water and actually walking on water are slightly different, right? One of them, you won't get wet, but you also won't go anywhere. One of them, you will get wet. It is a bit scary, but you're going to get closer to God and closer to the promises of God. So if you're thinking about it, I want to encourage you to don't just think about it, but to take a step of faith. And when you hear Jesus say, come, it is a bit crazy. You look out there, it is crazy. It is an amazingly crazy journey. But then you'll find just enough faith to step out the boat and God will take care of you. But there are also some of us here today, maybe you're visiting, you're not a Christian. You know what? Jesus is also here. He's also reaching for you. His hands are stretched out to you. And not like this, but like that. Right? He's inviting you to join Him in this adventure of faith. And perhaps today is the day that you can answer this call of God. Would you close your eyes as we pray? Lord, we thank you that you have invited every one of us, that you have come all the way, not just from the shores of Galilee to the boat, but all the way from the throne of heaven to the cross of Calvary to come towards us, to give us this invitation that says, come. Father, I pray that in every one of us today, in those who are who have gotten baptized today, in those who are yet to be baptized, and as well as those who are perhaps still on the shore waiting to get into the boat. Father, I pray that each one of us will find in our hearts the seed of faith, just a small but sufficient faith to trust in you and to enter into your adventure, into your kingdom. Now, even as eyes are closed and heads are bowed, I just want to ask is there anybody here? No one looking around. Anyone here? Maybe you're not a Christian, right? So you say, you know, I, I do want to say yes to Jesus. But you're not yet a Christian. You're not quite sure if you have the faith. Perhaps you may even be thinking you're not good enough. But I want you to know that Jesus invites you and all you have to do is say yes, right? So no one looking around. If that's you, wherever you are, just quickly put your hands up and put it down again. I'd just like to pray for you. Anyone here? Without anyone looking around. If that's you, Hands up wherever you are so I can see it and then you can put down again. Perhaps some of you here today, your faith is wavering. You're like Peter. You already got out of the boat. But you know, you are sorely tempted to jump right back in the boat. That's you. Jesus is inviting you to look at Him. And call Him, Lord, save me, right? So if that's you, you also can put up your hands Put it on. I'd like to pray for you also. Anyone here? Just put your hands up. No one looking around, right? Just you and God. Lord, you know our journey of faith is not always easy. But God, you invite each one of us and you're always there to catch us when we slip and when we fall, Lord. So Father, we want to pray, Lord, that even as these 12 brothers and sisters today have begun a journey, you will sustain them in their faith in you. You hold them close to you 
and you'll always be right there when they need you, Lord. So, Father, we commit them to you. Commit the rest of us as we make our journey to you as well. Father, we pray that we will not find ourselves stuck at any one point in our journey, but at each point, we are putting one, one foot in front of the other, drawing nearer to you, Lord. Some of us here today, admittedly, we are stagnating in our faith. We are stuck in the water. Maybe some stuck in the boat. But God, I pray today we have, have the faith to take one more step, maybe two more steps towards you and restart our journey to you, Lord. So Father, we pray all this in the name of Jesus we ask and we pray. Amen, amen. Why don't we stand together we sing this uh, last song, Jesus is the Answer. Jesus is the answer for the world today. Above him there's no other. Jesus is the place hold on fast in your faith do not give up do not be discouraged one step another and jesus will be there right there for you lord as we go now may the blessing of god almighty the father the son and the holy spirit and your presence be with every one of us now and always amen amen service is over god bless all of you